Welcome to episode 219 of the FPL Surgery podcast and YouTube channel. My name's Rich, and as always, I'm joined by Dave. Hi there, Dave. How's it going? What's happening, man? I am very excited to learn today. I've got my notepad. I've got my brain engaged. I had my dinner, and it was fish, and that's brain food. I'm ready to go, buddy. You're ready. You're going to be take it, taking it all in. I'm going to try my very best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was good good fun last week, wasn't it? You know, doing doing the first YouTube stream and everything. I, I didn't realize how nervous I was going to be. And then uh, and then it was fine. I met a great guest and I realized that it was just the same as any other stream, just a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to getting yeah. started. I, I enjoyed it because I mean, normally recording the pod like last season, it was just recording it and you're the only people in the world listening to it. So it's yeah. quite weird seeing pictures. Like some guy put a picture of him watching it on his telly in his lounge. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he'd do that again. But yeah, it was Ken. He's in the chat good. just now. Thank you very much, buddy. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, but this 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 week's guest, actually, we you need to go through the headlines first. Um, I'm jumping oh, yeah, the gun there. Jump in, absolutely jumping the gun. Um, headlines today, if you hadn't guessed already, is Norwich, Watford and Brentford. We're absolutely deep diving right into the promoted teams. And obviously there's different places have done different things but we thought you know it's more of our benefit than anything else <laughs> like well at least for me so yeah we're gonna do a massive deep dive in and we've brought an amazing guest in uh, to help us through that yeah we have and I think it's going to be good to get you know further opinions on these teams because obviously for most of us these are the teams we've not watched as often as you know the other 17 teams in the league so yeah. without further ado um, our guest this week um, he's a Stoke fan his, his name's Jamie <laughs> you are a Stoke fan, aren't you? I am, yeah. That's where everybody turns off when you mention Stoke. Didn't see that. <laughs> the, way, the way you looked there, and I was like, hold on, I'm, I'm sure we were just talking about Stoke. <laughs> you look like disgusted. But no, it's lovely to have you on. And obviously you, you play Gaffer and you have the, had the first podcast about Gaffer. Um, I mean, do you want to explain what Gaffer is You know, for people that you know haven't heard of it or haven't played it before? Yeah, definitely so. I'm assuming if people are watching this, they play FPL. Um, so we're basically the championship version of FPL. Um, two guys, Joe and Sean, created the game the last season. So it was the first full season last year. Um, and I decided, why not make a podcast? Just because I listened to so many podcasts before. Um, I just like talking about football. Obviously, I watched the championship. So, yeah, it just went from there. Yeah, is does the score? So I've never played Gaffer, and I am considering playing it this year, but it's just obviously the time. But is the score like exactly the same as with FPL? No, there's some similarities, but um, there's quite big differences, which makes it a bit more fun. So, for example, clean sheets, you get first half clean sheet, and then a second half clean sheet instead of just one clean sheet. So, you know, if you get burned by a 90th minute goal against you, you've still got that first half clean sheet. That's quite um, cool. Quite to be cool. fair, it's... there's quite a lot of differences. So we have different <laughs> boosts as well, so you can score a lot more points. So with the, the clean sheet, because obviously I, I guess we're going to get into the scoring of these players last year. So with a clean sheet, obviously in FPL, that's four points. Is it two points per half? Effectively? It is, yeah. Two and two, yeah. Nice, brutal. That's brutal though, because you can get a first half clean sheet wipeout as well. Um, I guess like injury time first half. Wait, does that matter? Does it, so if you get a clean sheet in the second half, but not in the first half, do you get two points? You get two points, yeah. Oh, that's 
a belter. <laughs> That's like getting yeah. out of jail free, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's like, it does sound fun. Now, I guess the, the difficulty nice is there's obviously there's more teams you've got to learn about. And then all the best players, we were talking obviously before we started recording, all the best players either get sold or get promoted. Um, so yeah. it, the landscape must change like quickly. Yeah, massively, I think, because it was a new game last year. Everybody piled in um, to Brentford because they just missed out on promotion the season before. They then sold Ben Rama and Watkins. Um, and obviously we've still got the transfer window still going on um, as the season starts for about four or five weeks. So... That's quite difficult because you're expecting the big players to move on. Like, for example, Adam Armstrong this year. Mm. He's definitely a Premier League player. Southampton are linked. I think if they sell Danny Ings, Armstrong will end up going. So it's one of them, do you want to put them in your team or not? Do you gamble? So it's quite tough. Yeah, no, it, honestly, I can't, I can't wait to get into this one. And like you said, there's all these knock-on effects that can happen as well, which can affect, I guess, Gaffer and, and FPL. Because like you said, if Armstrong yeah. goes to... Saints, maybe then Ings ends up going to Spurs. Kane ends up going to City. So there's a massive knock-on effect. Um, massive, yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we've just got to plug a couple of things and then we'll get straight into the pod. Um, so Dave, okay. yeah, you do so... your thing where you say click the bell and all that stuff. <laughs> That's going to become a meme for us, for sure. Um, if you are here right now on our YouTube channel, just subscribe. That'd be amazing. It'd be a lovely addition to the to the day. We always love to get new subscribers. We always love to build the channel and get everyone involved and stuff. We've got loads of content coming, so that'd be great. If you're listening on the pod, then there's a lot of different things that we're doing on YouTube that we're not releasing as audio. So yeah, head over and you can see the uh, form versus fixtures, the simple rules, our drafts, stuff, stuff like that. So yeah, um, it's a good time to be a surgery YouTube subscriber. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And um, just to mention Patreon briefly, so we want to welcome back Brian Lowry. Um, he's obviously been a long time FPL surgery patron. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And also, of course, we want to thank Ron Frosk and FPL Merch, who pledge at the highest tier. Um, Ron Frosk is actually, he's put some together some amazing spreadsheets um, that we've got for next week's episode. So oh, yeah, I yeah. can't wait to get into that. And obviously Merch, you know, he's he's supported us, you know, a lot. He's obviously not doing the piss break anymore. But, you know, we do, we do appreciate that support. And yeah, go to FPLMerch.com. <laughs> I think of him every time I piss. So there you go. Should we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could just awkwardly not say anything now. <laughs> I think it's quite funny. Um, shall we go into the first headline then, my man? Yeah, I was going to see how long I could be silent for, but let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get into it. So, yeah, our headlines are, are pretty straightforward this 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 week. Um, so our first headline is Norwich. Obviously, they were the champions with 97 points. It wasn't quite 106 points like Steve, Stevie Copple's Reading managed, but... Still a very impressive total. Um, so if we if we come to you, Jamie, I mean, you know, how how did Norwich do in in fantasy last year, for example? Fantasy wise, they were top notch. Really, they, they didn't start off uh, out the blocks as clear favourites, but they were up there. And I've just put together a few bits and bobs in terms of like fantasy points wise. So they scored seventy five goals last season. They only considered conceded 36 keeping 18 clean sheets so they were strong all the way out and i've just put together they're probably strongest 11 from this whole season um and just put their points on just so you can get an idea of how many points these players score so tim crawls obviously their goalkeeper he started 36 games 
he totaled 196 points last season, which was not the highest, but one of the highest. Um, obviously, keeping 17 clean sheets of their 18 in there. They then played a bat four. Um, you do want me to go through these, don't you, before I just start with... Yeah, their, no, no, please, please. It's, it, I think it's good to go through, yeah, like you say, the, the main players for them last year. Yeah, um, of course. And, and then we can go from there. So, yeah, no, this is perfect. Yeah, because obviously they've had a few additions like Gilmore and stuff like that, but this just mm. gives you an idea of how they did. So you've got um, Max Aarons. You have to say Aarons now, by the way, not Aarons. And that's oh. one for, one thing we learned last year. I didn't he started know that. I would four say Aarons. five games out of 40. Yeah, I don't know why it's Aarons, but apparently that's what he said in an interview <laughs> and it kind of just stuck on Sky Sports. So I've kind of got used to saying that now. Um, he started 45 out of the 46 games. And he got 262 points. And that's two goals and two assists. So the rest of the points are coming from uh, first half clean sheets, second half clean sheets, bonus points. Um, so he was really pretty good. Left back, they signed in Janulis in the winter transfer. In winter, so he only started 16 games once he joined at the end of January. He picked up 95 points in them, 16 games, just getting one assist. So, again, you can see how high they scored and stuff like bonus and clean sheets. Ben Gibson and Grant Hanley played centre-backs. Hanley played 42 games and picked up 204 points, one goal and no assist. And Gibson started 26, but he did get injured. He picked up 122 points with just an assist to his name. So, again, that's the whole defence. You can see how high they scored from that. Yeah. Uh, Midfield-wise, Oliver Skip was there. Obviously, he's gone back to Spurs now. But he started 44 games. And as a defensive midfielder, picked up 101 points. And that was just a goal and one assist to his name. I was going to say, um, do you think that's a bad thing that he's left? But then I just remembered that Billy Gilmore is going to be playing there instead. So it's absolutely an upgrade. And we don't even have to worry about it, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you make a good point, but I have, I did see rumours last week that Skip may be going back on loan again. Oh, so really? him and Gilmore play together. All right, That's double trouble. I really rate Oliver Skip, he is quality. Um, he also played in the middle. McLean, um, he started 30 games. He got two goals and six assists. And for some reason, his total points weren't showing from last season. I'm not too sure why that is. Um, you then had Dowell, who started the last 10 games or so. He started 12 in total, scored 79 points, five goals and one assist. But Vrancic mostly played in that attacking midfield role, but he's now obviously come to Stoke. Um, and then the three that most people want to hear about um, regarding Norwich. Cantwell started most of the season from the left. He started 30 games because he didn't start at the beginning because of transfer rumours. Um, he picked up 162 points, six goals and six assists. And then mm-hmm. the big two, um, Emi Buendia, 39 starts, 300 points, 15 goals and 10 assists. He wow. was something else, Emi Buendia was. He was unbelievable. <laughs> your whole face just changed, um, your whole expression. The last one was Timo. <laughs> yeah, Buendia was just a joy to own, really was. And the last one was Timo Puki, 39 starts. 281 points, 26 goals and four assists. Right, it's, it's such that a shame one. about Buendia going to Villa. I mean, I'm sure Villa fans 
won't agree with that because <laughs> he was he was putting up like he didn't put up good FPL points two years ago, but he was putting up you know good good expected stats. Um, it's it's such a shame, but I mean I guess that it's good for good for Villa. Um, one question I had obviously you you mentioned that, that Gibson was injured at the end of the year, um, and I can't pronounce his name, but I'm going to try. Um, so Omon Ban- <laughs> Bandielli. <laughs> um, I remember good. he played. I mean, obviously, I'm a Reading fan, so I remember playing them. I think it was the second last game of the season, and he was obviously he was playing then. Um, yeah. I mean, was it? It was purely because of injury that that he'd you know slid slid into that back line. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Gibson and Hanley were absolutely class throughout the season. Probably both would maybe have made team of the year. Um, they were really good, good partnership. Um, yeah. I'm glad you tried to pronounce his name because I definitely can't. <laughs> Uh, pronouncing names but yeah he came in and he was dirt cheap as well because at the beginning of the season you know I hadn't even heard of him um, so then when he came in he looked okay and you probably know FPL Badger Mar yep um, he thinks that I saw him having a conversation on Twitter a week or two ago and he thinks there's a possibility that he might end up starting the season so I don't know if that's true or not but right. yeah he looked okay when he came into the team I, but they I, were flying I, at the time I was um, when Norwich was here last time. I was I was obviously Cantwell was cheap enough that a lot of people decided to to own him for a bit, and he did okay. He was kind of in and out teams, and then when Norwich dropped off, you know, the only people who had him in their teams were people who had other things to do <laughs> with their transfers. Um, but then you just read out his stats there: six goals, six assists, if I remember correctly. Are, was that a bit of a uh, let down in and I mean it's decent it's okay like 12 12 goal uh involvement is not bad but like I, I when when he left I was kind of sad that I wasn't going to be able to watch him anymore but is there is yeah my question is really just like should he have done better I think if he'd played the full season you know he was I think he wanted to move when they first went down mm-hmm. so he, he missed the start of the season because we didn't know what was happening with him yeah. um, he then had injuries throughout the season as well um, so Dave, he wasn't a let down in that way because of the amount of games that he played but right. I understand what you're saying I think if he had a full season he would have scored a lot more points because he was really good to watch yeah okay so it's more like we're expecting big things still because i know there's a lot of people that as soon as norwich uh their fixtures turn in game week four i think for for fpl um eventually we're gonna hear like oh what about cantwell um because obviously they don't have Wendy anymore um pookie's gonna be number one but then you know it inevitably happens that players are gonna want to start covering people um so yeah Yeah, i was was thinking about it Funny one with Norwich, because like we mentioned last week, obviously they, they won the league. Um, they were the best team in the league last year. But yeah. from an FPL point of view, they've, they've got bad fixtures to start with. But it is interesting, you know, just seeing maybe what players people will look at, you know, down down the line. Um, I mean, just going back to the, the to the defenders, Jamie, was was there a standout defender who, you know, got like plenty of assists or, or goals or was there, was there not really? Of- Goals or assists? No, Aaron's um, had the most with two goals and two assists. But when you watched him play, you wouldn't believe he was a right back. We like, you know, you've got fullbacks who play high anyway, like Trent Alexander Arnold stuff like that. But when you watched Aaron's, he did look like he was playing right wing, which allowed Wendy to obviously come inside. Um, 
I think he's the best option by far because he's going to create chances a lot more. Grant Hanley is obviously going to be a threat from set pieces. He didn't score that many last season. What was he only got one goal all season, which is quite a shame, really, considering his height and presence in the box. Janulis, mm. um, obviously, this was his first season in English football. He came in late in the winter transfer window, so he might be one to watch. But yeah, Max Aaron's for me definitely. He's four point five today. Dave's going to be interested in a few of these players purely <laughs> because they're Scottish. Like they, there's that. There's actually quite a few in this in this Norwich team. Oh, I know. I think yeah. one of the main reasons why Billy went to Norwich is because Hanley was like annoying him in the Euros all the Euros camp. Um, it came out. It was actually an interview they did. But um, no, I'm. I, I love a good like raging fullback, and yeah. Aaron seems like he's going to be a bit like... of a belter. From what Jamie said, that if Skip signs, and I'm assuming McLean drops out, was that what you said? So, yeah, I'd so you... imagine so. They play, they played four-two-three-one for most of the season, so I'd imagine Gilmore is going to play, and that well, I wouldn't say holding midfield, but central midfield role. I'd imagine Skip would go in there with him, and then that would allow Dowell maybe if he gets a chance. I'm not too sure if he'll get the chance or if they bring somebody in. Um, to play in that attacking mid role because I think Cantwell will more than likely stay from the left. Yeah. Um, just bagging on last season, that's what I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm curious to know if they've if they've got someone that can replace Buendia yet. Is the is there any uh, players that they have already that they're going to be using, or are they going to be in the transfer window? I haven't really been paying attention to their transfer windows of yet. I'll be honest, um, since they've gone up, I don't pay as much attention to them at the moment. Yeah. So obviously, we're prepping for the championship stuff. Um, Dowell could possibly go out there, but I'm not too sure. I'd imagine they'd need to replace Buendirio because they hadn't got anybody in the team who could like step up and take that role on. So right. I think they will be actively looking at players. They did sign that player from from Germany, um, the, Kos- the Kosovan player. Um, I'm just searching it now. Oh, that was it, Rashika. Why are none of these names easy, pronou- <laughs> easy to pronounce? Um, but they, they, so they have signed an attacking midfielder. Um, obviously, I guess someone like Buendia is going to be almost impossible to replace. Those those numbers yeah, you went exactly. through last season, Jamie, were like insane. Three hundred um, points. He, he was crazy and. You know, I followed a lot of Norwich um, fan accounts throughout the season just to just get more information, really. And, you know, they talked about him like he was a king, like they'd have a statue of him outside the ground. He really was that good. And I asked Badger, you know, is he one of the best you've ever seen at Norwich? And he said, yeah, you know, he was that good. Nice, nice. Well, I guess that would, I think we should move on now to, to Watford. Um who obviously they finished they finished in second place with ninety one points. Um, I mean, how how did Watford look in Gaffer? Did they look better than Norwich, or did they have better assets? Um, well, obviously they changed the manager and mm. December Esco came in. I think it was. Um, they were a bit inconsistent up until then. They played four four two quite a lot. Esco came in and he carried that on for about a month actually, and then it was in the middle of February. They smashed Bristol City 6-0, and that's when they reverted to a 4-3-3. So you've, you've probably heard people talking about that system change quite a lot, but it was massive for them. Um, they scored 63 throughout the season, conceded 30, but they kept 23 clean sheets. 
So defensively, they were really, really good. Um, I'll just go through their team again, similar yeah. to what I did with um, Norwich. So Batman ended up finishing the goal was number one when Foster got injured. Um, he never lost his place again. He was really good. He started 23 games, scoring 125 points with 13 clean sheets there. Um, it's not bad. Right back, so it was kind of a back four. Kiko Feminia, he started 36 games. He did start the season at left back um, while Ngaki was playing right back, but then he revert, reverted back to his natural right back. He scored 196 points, um, no goals and four assists. So he was one of the standout players in Gaffer last year. Left back Messina, so he's, he only started 21, but he came into the team when Feminia went to the right back. Um, 137 points for him, two goals and no assists. But he did take a few free kicks, so one of his goals was from a free kick. Um, Centre-backs was Trusty Kong. He started 31, 147 points with just one goal. And then I'm going to butcher this name. Um, <laughs> Cyril Arte, I think, how you pronounce his name. Um, he started 24 games, so he, didn't, he came into the side. Wilmot got injured, um, and then he just kicked on from there, really. Um, 125 points with one goal. He is a top, top centre-back, though, by the way, when you watch him play every week. Um, not too sure as a fancy asset, but right. he is a top, top player. They then had three midfielders, so they changed this quite a lot. you got people like Zinkenegel, who came from, I think, the Norwegian League. People were excited about him. But I've just chosen the three players who mainly played when they were fit. So the first yeah. one's well used. Um, he started 21. He only scored 64 points. So an absolute terrible fancy asset, but a top player. He scored two goals. But I think I've read that he is maybe going to Fulham. So he's definitely not one to look at. Um, the other two, Tom Cleverley, you'll be familiar with him. 32 starts, 106 points, four goals and two assists. So he didn't really pick up bonus points a lot. And the last one would be Chalaber. Um, 32 starts, 90 points, three goals and one assist. But he really kicked on in the second half of the season. He stayed fit and he looked really good. And then... Just before you do the strikers, Jamie. Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to ask, because you mentioned bonus points, that um, he wasn't very good at bonus points. How do the bonus points work in Gaffer? Is it similar to FPL? No, it's a lot more clearer than um, FPL, so... Um, Shots if you played the champ man before um, they get rated out of 10 like the yep. players do so if a player gets 10 out of 10 for the game they get 4 bonus points and it goes 3 to 1 um, similar to champ man and that's based on stuff like for defenders so tackles, headers, clearances um, and then there's general stuff like passing, shots on target all that kind of stuff so it makes sense so People like um, Alise, who's gone to Paris, he absolutely raked in the bonus points because he was involved in everything that Reading did. Yep. So when I mentioned who wasn't good, um, Will use, he obviously wasn't doing enough going forward, like successful dribbles or anything like yeah. that. Um, he's a bit of a Yorkshire Terrier kind of player, isn't he? Just bites people's ankles and stuff. Really good, <laughs> but not <laughs> fantasy-wise. So it sounds but, a little bit similar because it's obviously based on some kind of data it's not based on like um eye test 
No, 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 no. It's not based on eye test. I'm not yeah. too sure what what source they use. If it's Opti, yeah, I couldn't tell you that. That's the guys behind the game would be able to tell you that. But um, yeah, we just know. I just wait for to see who's got like man of the match kind of things. You know, you're getting four points there. Yeah, no, that's good. I just wondered because obviously um, you mentioned bonus points. I was thinking how it relates to FPL, and it's brilliant hearing all the the points of the players as well. So. Just to put it in perspective, really. But yeah, sorry, you you were just about to do the, the front three um, for Watford. The then. front three, yeah, which is, again, what probably people are waiting for. Um, <laughs> left wing, um, 38 starts for Semi, the Swedish international. Um, I knew nothing about him before the season started, I'll admit. Um, and when you watch him, he looks like he can't play football, but he is actually pretty good. He got 162 points, five goals and five assists. So, you know... Not out of this world, but he's consistent. Joe Pedro started up front probably the most times out of all the strikers that they've got. He started 31 games, mm-hmm. scored 151 points, nine goals and two assists. Um, I really rate him. His English is coming on as well, so I think he's adapted to English football a lot more <laughs> now. Um, yeah. But one thing to be wary about at times, I don't know why, but he played as number eight, so in that middle three. Right. Um, I don't know if that was due to injuries or whatever, but he did play there. Um, so just watch out for that. And then the man that everyone's waiting for, Ishmael Saw, 39 starts, 226 points, 13 goals and four assists. He's some player. So he'd be, I mean, it might be a silly question, but Saar, obviously he was brilliant in the the end of the Premier League season before they got relegated. I think it was Liverpool he got the hat-trick against. Yeah. I mean, is he the standout, you know, Watford player from an FPL point of view? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Um, he was in Gaffer. He's very <laughs> frustrating to own because you're watching him and him and family have got a good relationship down the right. You know, he's beating players for fun. He's getting chances. He's having shots. And some days it just doesn't come off. But then other days, everything he touches just turns to gold. So he will frustrate you. But yeah, 100% a good asset. Hmm. Because I'm looking, I'm having a look, and it, it looks like Firmino's injured. Um, who would take over then in that case? My bet would be if they haven't brought anybody in, would uh-huh. be Ngakia, maybe. But he was injured at times throughout the season, lost his place. Um, I'm not too sure if Esco fancies him, um, but that would be my bet just on going from last season. Um, obviously, right. I don't know if they've who they brought in this season, but yeah, Ngaki would be my shout. No, that's fair enough. And just on, just staying on, we had a good uh, question in the chat. Um, will Danny Rose start, says Tommy T. Um, that's a great point. So obviously they brought in Danny Rose, and I don't know if you're familiar, um, but we are very familiar up in the FPL. And I'm just wondering if you think that their left back can be improved upon with the likes of Danny Rose, or would you, for your money, think that they're going to use that as more cover? It's a tough one because Messina would be well finished the season as their first choice left back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a kind of like a leader on the pitch as well. Right, um, okay. Can't imagine them bringing Danny Rose in. I don't know what wages he'll be on, but I can't imagine it was too cheap. So I think there's every possibility Danny Rose could start because Messina didn't start the season under their previous manager. Right, it was okay. actually Feminier who started at left back. So he's aging as well, and I know. Um, Rose isn't exactly young himself but um, that's one you'd have to ask a Watford fan I think that's quite 
to me. Well, that's good to know, though. I mean, I'm I'm having a wee look on uh, transfer market just now, and it says that Danny Rose is is their only other left back. So it's it's possible that they they and brought was, someone in with Messina. I remember he scored a goal at the end of their last Premier League campaign, and it was an absolute wonder goal. And I thought he was going to be some player, but. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, but he's, I guess he's got age age on his side compared to Danny Rose. But yeah, just a side point, I, re- I really like Messina as a as an FPL asset towards the end of that Premier League season. And obviously it just didn't didn't happen for him. You know, I think that was his only goal that season. Mm. Um, we had another yeah. question. Um, sorry to throw so many Watford questions at you. It's okay. Um, which was basically, it's from Nisanth about ha- um, asking if Yael Pedro is nailed. Well, from what I've seen, I have seen bits on Twitter that they've got about 10 strikers now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dini and Ashley yeah. Fletcher's gone there. I know that from Bore. Um, Dini's obviously fit now, success. If he keeps to the 4 3 3, I don't see why not. Dini could possibly play, but the way Jao Pedro links with Saar, he can drop in deep. He's a bit more of an all round player. Like I said, he's played in midfield for them as well. Oh, that's a very tough question, but if I had to put my money on, it would be the starting strike. It'd be Joe Pedro, because he's the youngest as well. You know, that's where the money is in him. They could resell him in two years' time and make an absolute fortune. He has yeah. a really good prospect, so I think it'll be Joe Pedro. Nice, there you go. nice. We won't hold. We won't hold you to that. I'm going just, to. No, don't, please don't. <laughs> no, I'm going to. I'm going to put him on my team right now. Um, now, we got a question. We had a question on Twitter from FPL Mode, so Andy. And mm-hmm. I, I put this under Watford. So I'm not trying to make it a leading question, but I put it under Watford. He's asked which promoted teams you think will perform the best defensively this season. Um, so, I mean, feel free to say one of the other teams. Um, but, I mean, which do you, which do you think? Watford. I think you've yeah. got it under the right team. I yeah. think they just... <laughs> Defensively sound. Um, the partnership with Trusty Kong and Sir Arte, I, I still can't say his name. They will surprise you. They're really strong defensively. I mean, Feminia gets forward a lot, but Messina's a very like typical South American player. I hope that doesn't sound wrong, but um, the way how tough he is, very strong back four. And then Will Hughes added really good balance to that team last year, but Obviously, he might not be there, but you've got like Tom Cleverley, who's experienced now. And then it just allows Semi and Saar to just basically play as high as possible alongside Joe Pedro. So, not that I think Norwich won't be good defensively. I just think Watford are best equipped for Premier League. Yeah, no, perfect, perfect. I, I'm glad I put it under... Put it under, put it under the right one. Um, <laughs> now, some, something I actually forgot to do is um, so on Fantasy Football Hub, they've got some pre- predicted points, so they're pro- their projections basically, um, and we've got them yeah. for each team. And obviously, if people want to sign up for Hub for twenty five percent off, we've got a link in the description. Um, but so on screen now, we, they've just put the Watford ones kindly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's good to discuss. I mean, would you say this is the kind of order you're have them in i mean it may well not be but i mean that's why it's good to debate so just for the audio listeners um hub over over the first eight fixtures have Saar, then Semmer, then dini then backman and then cleverly as we, as the top five we could probably change that dini into just their 
preferred striker, right? Whoever whoever starts up front for them will be in that spot. So they think third place. Yeah, I guess that's the thing because obviously it's based on predicted minutes, and predicted minutes are very hard to well to predict. <laughs> it's in the name, but obviously I guess this will be updated as things become clearer this week. I'd say that's like Saw's definitely number one. Semi, I can see why he's there. You know, he's going to play left wing. Um, he gets in the box. Dini, obviously, if he if he's the first three striker, then he's obviously going to be up there in terms. Would he be on penalties points. if he played? He would be, yeah. He would be if he started, yeah. Um, Batman, yeah, I'd have Batman over the defenders apart from Femnia, but obviously Dave said he's injured at the moment, so I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. But I'd say Femnia is the best defensive asset, but Batman, definitely second choice for me if I had to choose one of them. Cleverly, um, that one surprises me a bit. What did he get? Four goals and two assists, which isn't bad. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have Cleverly as an asset myself, but the other four seem to be spot on. Yeah, I mean, they've got Saar quite... There's quite a big points gap. So the, the other four are quite... They've got them quite close. They're between 3.8 and 3.2, whereas Saar is 4.5. So I think it's quite clearly going for Saar, and it seems to be <laughs> yeah. what, you're, what you're suggesting as well. Yeah, he's bad. Everything goes through Saar. I mean, he's one of them players that you'd love to have at your own club. He's one of them who'd get you on the edge. You see, you get, he gets it on the right flank and he's, you know, he's miles away from the goal, but you know something's going to come. He's going to drive at the full-back. He's rapid. Yeah, he's def- he's he's good assets, actually. I'm, I'm getting more and more into him as we go on, actually. <laughs> You sound you sound really excited. I mean, I'd love to have him at Reading because then we might have a chance at beating you on on Saturday. Stoke, but um... <laughs> they're so cheap too. That's the thing. Like Watford right now um, is the difference. Me having Sar on my team, other than you know the six point fives that we've got, it seems like at least forty of them that we can choose from. But if I put Sar on my team, it means I can upgrade. You know, a striker, any of the seven point five strikers to Calvert Lewin. Um, that that point five that you can save is so high, but Rich, do you think that it's worth having him in over you know like who we've been talking about today, even when he is that sorry, Sar, yeah, because he's only six. Like they've they've done it perfectly. They, I'm not I've, really hundred percent. I've started considering him more because um, I mean obviously I like Sar as a player, but because he was quite high in Mikko Tokvan's algorithm. Oh yeah, and he, he's cheap. He is cheap as well. Um. What I don't want to do is, because I, I was speaking to Jamie last night, and obviously, Jamie, you've not even opened FPL yet, which I actually no. really like that, because it's, <laughs> it's almost like you're, you're not tainted, as in, because this time last week, I'd only just started like having a look and stuff. And I, ju- I just feel once you start looking at all the prices and stuff, it can change your opinion. So it's kind of why I, li- I like um, that you might not know all the prices and stuff. I know we've got these ones on the screen, but... <laughs> oh, that's a good point then. So, so, so in, in regards to... Um, I guess you could probably include Buendia in here as well. Um, who would be your ultimate kind of midfield that you would take from the at least the promoted teams that we've been talking about? If I had to choose five midfielders from the three teams? No, even just like your top two or top three. Um, Saw, Buendia, obviously he's at Villa now. Uh, that's, um, no, that's no problem for us. <laughs> we can still pick him. 
Um, so definitely hundred percent. Yeah. Wendy and that is it. Yeah. Those two would be the only ones who would. Who would win? I will make an FPL team at some point. I think once Gaffer starts this weekend and the first weekend's out of the way, it yeah. gives me a week to think about FPL. But Saar and Buendia would be the only ones who I'm considering from and the promoted clubs. Jamie, if I had to push you, gun to your head, you had to pick yeah. one of those, who would it be? If Buendia stayed at Norwich, it would have been Buendia. Um, Ooh, but good answer. Saar. Yes. yes, he's their main man. We've just saved 0.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. But should we get on to the, th- the third headline? So obviously that's the, yeah, the team that it. won the playoff. And I mean, they, they did finish third and they were clear of Swansea as well. I think there was like six or seven points clear of Swansea. So it was quite nice to see Brentford, you know, finally get promoted. And I do prefer it, except when Redden are in the playoffs, uh, that the team finishing third, you know, actually gets promoted because I do, I do think it's fairer. Um, mm-hmm. But Jamie, I mean, how did how did Brentford look? You know, for, for in Gaffer um, and generally, really. Um, in Gaff, well, in Gaffer terms, they were frustrating because with it being the first season, Brentford were the team everybody was talking about. Everybody was saying they're favourites. They just missed out on promotion. They're going to win it this year, so their players were priced quite highly. Yeah. Um, Watkins and Ben Rama obviously left early on, so we were left with Embuemo and Ivan Tony coming to the team. So somebody who wasn't championship proven was leading the line, so we weren't, well, I wasn't sure what to expect, put it that way. Um, overall, though, obviously they got the job done, um, and I'll go through their players now just so you've got um, an idea of what they did fancy wise. Cool. So they scored 79 goals, so they weren't shy of scoring. Um, they conceded 42 there, which is more than the other two teams that went up and kept 17 clean sheets. Uh, so the goalkeeper's Raya. He started 42 games. Um, he was injured early on, missed four games, I think, where Daniel started. He kept 16 of them, 17 clean sheets. He's one of them keepers that would frustrate you because he likes to play out from the back and take risks. Um, and he got caught out a few times last year. Um, right back, was Dalsgaard for three quarters of the season, but he's now gone to the Danish team that beat Celtic the other night. I can't say the name. Um, he's gone back <laughs> to Denmark. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd drop that one in. So Rasmussen started the last 10 games of the season. Um, he got two assists in them 10 games. Um, so he came from nowhere. I didn't know a lot about him before he played. Left back is Rico Henry, so you'd expect him to play left back this season or left wing back. He started 30 games but got injured at the end of February and he didn't come back until the playoffs where he come on for half an hour in the semi-final. Um, he scored 152 points in them 30 games, one goal and two assists, which I was quite surprised when I saw that because he is very attacking and for some reason I thought he scored more than that, but he didn't. Um, centre-backs this is by the way when they were playing a 4-3-3 and I'll explain after they did change formation um, but while they played 4-3-3 when fit Pinnock, Ethan Pinnock and Janssen are the first three centre-backs so Pinnock played 39 games scoring 173 points one goal, one assist and Pontus Janssen only started 23 because he was injured a lot 
113 points, no goals, no assists. He came into the team towards the end of the season. Right. Um, midfield three. Um, this is quite hard to put together because they rotated like Hal, um, especially in the central areas. So I've got down Yen out because he started 36 games, 101 points, three goals and three assists. Also then Jensen, who started 35, he got 168 points, which is a lot more than Yen out, um, two goals and seven assists. So he created quite a lot. And then the third player, who will be first choice, but he was injured from the end of February, I think it was, um, De Silva, he started 26, 116 points, five goals and four assists. He's by far the best option of not one of the attackers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, front three, um, left wing, Sergio Canos, 33 starts, 209 points, nine goals, eight assists. He played left wing back quite a lot when Rico, en- Rico Henry got injured. Toward when they reverted to a different formation, um, right. and he Good also rotated quite a bit. Um, in Buemo, right winger, so he's the one that we were expecting the points from because he had, he was brilliant with Ben Rama and Watkins. He started 37 games, 191 points, eight goals, and 10 assists. Um, so that might sound weird when I say he was disappointing considering he got 10 assists and eight goals. But I think it was the expectations of what we had from him. Yeah. And then the main man, Ivan Tony, 44 starts, 330 points, 31 goals and 10 assists. So, wow. Just before you go on, Rich, just make you aware about the change of formation. The last seven games, mm-hmm. they changed the formation to a 5 3 2. So, Norgard joined Janssen and Pillick um, in the back three. In Buemo and Sergi Canos rotated as the left wing back. That's obviously because Rico Henry was injured. Rasmussen went in at right wing back, but Tariq Fosu Henry, um, he played most of them games when they changed formation, either as a number eight or mostly as a number ten. Um, he was really good, to be fair. I wish he'd played more. And Marcus Force played up front with Tony when because they played two up front. He scored three in the last ten. So I hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, with with Mbwemo, he's been classified as a striker in in FPL. Um, so, oh, like you mentioned, so is he? in in the in the playoff final, I think he was he was up front with Tony. Is that right? But then Canos, you're saying, can rotate with him. Yeah. So during them last seven games in the running, Mbwemo was playing left wing back, and then um, Sergio Canos played there. So it was kind of like them to rotating in that formation. Obviously, they were just doing a job there because of Rico Henry. But um, I have seen stuff on Twitter about, are you sure Mbwemo is a strike? Because I've seen people saying he's an out-of-position player. Yeah, I, I, could actually be, I could actually be wrong there. You are wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was wrong. waiting for a lot. Ah, he's a, a Mbwemo 5.5 million midfielder. There you go. Uh, so see, wait, I thought we were going to anticipate him being a striker because I remember obviously in the playoffs he was playing up front. So yeah, I yeah, yeah that's, that that's well. my bad. So scrap what I just said. Listen to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't even opened the game. <laughs> you still see that? Amazing. That's all it takes to beat Rich. No, um, we did have a question about him though. Um, let me scroll back up. I think it was something like, um, can we, can we, uh. Let me have a look. I'm going to have a look. 
Uh, Mbwemo could be a better bargain than uh, ESR in terms of minutes and attacking return. So just on that kind of midfield point that we were talking about a bit earlier, Jamie, um, do you think that he's he's worth a look, at least a little one, or are you not convinced? Mbwemo, if, if he's five and a half million, you've definitely got to consider him because that's a good price. Yeah. Um, he is a good player. He, he really is a good player this Season before last, you know, in Ben Rama and Watkins were unstoppable. Um, so five and a half million, you've got to at least have a look at him. From what I saw, in which was not much, I had a quick look last night of their friendlies, and they have played that formation that they finished the season with. So that does indicate that someone's going to play up front with Tony. Will it be in Buemo? Maybe. I yeah. Tell you, but yeah, he's definitely an option, especially if he's going to play up front. It's good to know. It's good to it's, know. It's such a shame with Brentford that they've had so many good attacking players, and they seem to be spread throughout the league now. Just because obviously you just listed Watkins and Ben Rama, who went last summer, and obviously Morpay was good when he was at yeah. when he was at Brentford. Um, I just I just find that whole money ball thing absolutely fascinating. Um, but I think what we do now is we're going to go very quickly for the piss break. Um, then we'll come back. We'll do a bit more on Brentford. That's all right. We're going to take yep. some questions from, from the YouTube chat about the promoted teams. And yeah, so we'll be back after the piss break. we're back we're going to be doing a little bit more Brentford right up on the screen in front of us for people who are listening we've got the same thing as last time just showing the hub predicted scores so we've got Tony, Mbwemo, Canos, Rea and Henry Um, so that is a forward, a midfielder, midfielder, goalkeeper and defender Um, what are your thoughts on that this order Jamie? Um, Tony, obviously, yeah, number one, can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Emblemo is number two, yeah, probably, especially if he's going to play up front with Tony. I can see that. Um, Canos, my issue there is if they do play two up front, say let's call it a 5 3 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the wing backs. I don't know where Canos plays there because Rico right. Henry's obviously going to take left wing back. He could play right wing back, I imagine, or. or Maybe as a number 10. That would be my bet. So that's so, a bit 50 50 on Canos. Right. Raya, yeah, he's obviously going to be their number one. Um, I can't see them keeping many clean sheets, though, if I'm honest with you. And uh, Rico Henry, <laughs> yeah, he's attacking, but he didn't get the returns we'd have hoped for last season. I was surprised when you said, what was it for Henry? It was one goal, two assists. Um, um, Rico Henry was. One goal, two assists, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that really surprised me because, like you said, he is attacking. So, when, when I've seen Brentford play, you know, I just assumed because he's 4.5 million. Um, so, I, I assumed he'd be, you know, good value in in that back line. But, I mean, from from what you're saying, and I apologise for getting a Buemo's price or position wrong. That's that's embarrassing. It was really um, embarrassing. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned it again, actually. It was really good to highlight <laughs> it once more. I just made it 100% sure that we can't edit that out. I'm going to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost unforgivable if I'm doing an FPL pod and I've said that but Ugh, don't worry about it I'm, I'm, I'm having a look at these points right and 
I've just noticed, and then we can do this, I can go back, right? SAR is 4.5 PPG for the first however many eight, and then Tony, who is in every single person's squad that I have seen in uh, uh, on Twitter, um, is only 4.1 PPG. Now, I know their fixtures aren't as good, but that is... The prediction yeah. there is 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 pretty. It's a pretty big jump. Being a midfielder, though, you get those extra points. Don't you? you can get those clean sheet points. That's you get true. the extra point per goal. Um, I mean, obviously, w- just with that. By the way, I so I did these screenshots from Hub. They're all over the first eight game weeks. Yeah, it was the maximum uh, projection that I could do um, for the players. I, I just thought it'd be just be interesting um, to see how they have it. And obviously, it, most of the players do seem to add up and a lot of them are quite bunched together after you get out there so Saar was quite clear for Watford wasn't he Tony's quite clear for Brentford yeah yeah shy and then and then three points and then Pookie was top obviously for Norwich as well oh we can go back we didn't do we didn't do them but yeah Pookie is is high and dry the best very very Um, clear but yeah no that's I just thought it was really interesting that that I guess it's because of the the fixtures and stuff as well though but yeah. Yeah. Um, what you've got, got to bear in mind though as well, the difference for us is I'm comparing Rico Henry as one of the premium defenders last year. Um, really expensive, so you expect a lot at that price. Mm. You're now getting him as a four point five million defender, so you're expecting different things from him, aren't you? So as a four point five million defender, you know, I think there'll be value there. I'm kind of comparing him to I think he was six or six point five last year. Yeah, I think with FPL FPL defenders, we're always looking for that new like Matt Doherty, because um, that because that was that situation was weird because a lot of us were looking at Douglas, um, the right back when Wolves got promoted. Then he he ended up leaving, didn't he? Did he go to Leeds? Leeds, um, yeah. And then everyone just completely overlooked Matt Doherty for the first few weeks. So I think people are always looking for you know a player like that. Um, I mean, do you think any of these promoted teams have someone like that, or is it just not that kind of not those kind of teams? As the as a defender, so like a cheap defender like Doxy was. Yeah, so a cheap defender who's got attacking threat really. Um, Brentford, it's going to be Rico Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure he'll play right wing back if Rasmussen will or Canos. Um, Norwich, obviously everybody already knows about Aaron's. So Giannoulis could be that one. I'd rather Rico Henry if I was honest with you, and Kiko right. Femini. I think is the best out of all of them from an attacking point of view. Mm. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, we did have a question actually on Twitter. Um, so just going back to Brentford now. Um, yeah. So from Mark, so M. Bison. So thanks for your question, Mark. Um, he's basically saying, will Tony perform in the Premier League? Is he worth the risk given there are no decent, cheaper strikers than him to downgrade uh, to with one transfer? So basically, I, I know you've not been tinkering with your team, but... I guess another way to word this is, are you definitely going to go for Tony? And maybe do you prefer him to, to Pookie as, a, as an asset? And do you prefer him to, you know, Saar? I know they're different positions. Um, I'd still have Saar over Tony. Okay. Oh, well. Saar would be my number one choice for the promoted clubs. I'd have Tony over Pookie because I just don't know how Norwich will play. I know they've got a tough run in. I've seen that. Um, to start the season off and with no Buendia I mean Buendia and Puki are just on the same wavelength you know Buendia could pick any ball he wanted out for Puki and he's, he's for a one-on-one there was loads of chances like that last season is Puki going to get that supply this year I'm not too sure 
Tony, on the other hand, he kind of doesn't play on the last man like Pookie does. He'll drop in deep. He likes a bit of hustle. He gets a bit of, well, he gives a bit of aggro. Um, I think Tony will be the better option overall because he's got more all-round game to him. I remember there was a lot of stuff around, I think it was in the new year, so around January time. And I saw a lot of stats about Buendia and Pookie in the championship that they, you know, Buendia was assisting basically most of Pookie's goals. So yeah. I really like that point you make there because I'd, I'd actually forgotten about that until now. But yeah, there was a lot of articles. And that, I mean, like I said, that was at Christmas. So it could have changed even more since then. And also, I find it very interesting you say you prefer Sarah over Tony. And this goes back to me saying it's quite, I think it's quite a good thing you've not looked at the FPL site yet. Because I think a lot of people, yeah. have, so Tony's about, he's approaching 50% ownership. You know, he, like he? everyone's no seen, on Twitter, he's close to 90%. Like everyone seems to have Tony. Um, and um, people get, you know, this FOMO, fear of missing out. So I find that interesting. You can sit back and you prefer Saar to Tony. I mean, I guess the one thing is, could Saar, so we mentioned Dini would be on penalties if he played, but if he doesn't, would, would Saar be on penalties? <sighs> yes. But I'm not 100% on that, but... Yeah, no, of course. I'm, just, I'm trying to... <laughs> no, I'm holding you to it. To think back <laughs> because I own Saar quite a lot of season. And right. I might be proven wrong, but I want to say yes, it is Saar on penalties. So Pedro wouldn't be, because obviously if it's Dini, a lot of people who wouldn't be watching would just expect it to go to the next striker. Or then, I guess if Saar's been doing no, it in the past... Saar. Oh, that makes me feel... Interesting, I am actually think... proved wrong there. Um, but... I'm 90% sure it's just male star on penalties without Dini there. That's a big so reason people like Tony as well is obviously we know 100% he's on penalties and he got so many penalties last season. I mean, was the playoffs. Nine? I think it was nine. Yeah. I think. That's a lot. Top of my head. That's, That's a like lot. Of Pogba's season. Do you know, so in Gaffer, do you get points um, for, for winning a penalty? And was there a certain player that was winning most of those penalties or was it quite spread out? Um, yeah, you get points for winning the penalty. I think it's free off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, okay, so that's the same and as And then you get the points for scoring it as well. Um, so that's really good. In regards to Brentford, they were just, you know, they're there attacking. Mm-hmm. You've got Emblema running into the box, Kainos, um, Fossil Henry. It was kind of mixed, but Tony, he's one of them horrible players. You know, similar to like Diego, Co- uh, Diego Costa, Suarez, them mm-hmm. kind of players. He likes to get involved with the defenders and he got quite a few bookings last season, Tony, because, you know, if he gets taken out from behind, he's going to give him one back after like that. So he's that kind of player. Um, But yeah, he'll get penalties for sure. I had a a question from the YouTube chat, actually, I wanted to bring up. Tommy T, again, great question, buddy. Uh, How did Brentford start in the championship last season? So... That is the question there is obviously because everyone's going to try and start with Tony or or they're worried about not starting with him, like Rich said. Um, how were they out of the gate? Not the best out the gate. And we were like <laughs> that the season before as well. Oh, um, really? If I remember rightly, they lost to Birmingham first game of the season. They then won, I want to say Middlesbrough might be wrong, and then drew with Millwall. Um, right. They were quite slow and... I predicted that right because they did that the season before. So I didn't go on the Brentford assets like everybody else. I didn't triple up. Um, and they proved me right. Did it affect oh, Tony's was... output? Tony, he was 
I want to say they lost to Preston when they got these first goals. And I think that was four or five games in, maybe, something like wow, that. Okay. Um he scored two, I think they lost four two in I think two and he scored them both. And then he just went off from there then and that's when everybody was like Shit, we need Ivan Tony in the team. Can you swear, by the way? Absolutely not, and we uh, are disgusted uh, at that. That's right. Ridiculous. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, everybody um, owned Ivan Tony then. That's that's so interesting. I'm going to have a look, because obviously, that basically, you've just done it. Where you've saved me loads of money in this pod, because that means that I can go from Tony to, to, to Pedro, and there we go. And then... I've got Sar. I feel like I'm just going to have loads of Watford players after this podcast, which might not be the best. Rich, I feel like you're quite... Um... Um, Jao Pedro over Ivan Tony. I'm definitely not doing that. No, but at least for the start of the season until uh, okay, Brentford okay. get going, right? Okay. I think Dave's very easily manipulated. Not in a, <laughs> not in a bad way. Just like last week, we had obviously Irons on, Luke on, and he, Dave was putting out drafts with three West Ham players. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now today he's going to have nine players from the three promoted clubs. Um, I, I guess what we could also, something I wanted to talk about, it only has to be briefly, is obviously Elise. Um, obviously he played for Reading. He's now a traitor and he's gone to Palace um, due to a minimum release clause. But you, you mentioned <laughs> earlier he he was good at bonus points. Um, and obviously he got a lot of goals and assists as well. So, I mean, how, how many... I don't know if you know have this data prepared actually because I didn't even ask you before. No, um, I don't. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I mean, and I haven't you, got my phone you, either. <laughs> I mean, would you agree with me? I mean, because I think Elise, I think he could end up at a Champions League club. I don't think he's there yet. Um, and I mean, because last season he a lot of his assists were from corners. So at Palace, I don't know if he's going to be taking corners, etc. But I do think talent-wise, he's got. He's got everything to go right to the top, you know, right to, you know, top four club, Champions League club. You were lucky enough to watch him at your team. Um, I'm quite jealous Yeah, but of that. I didn't get to watch him much live because obviously no, that's, the pandemic. that is a massive shame. Actually, yeah. The guy is unbelievable. Um, I didn't even know who he was. I, I did that he'd played a few games at the end of the season before last. Mm. Um, so he might make a few appearances he was priced at 4.5 million in Gaffer, I think it was. So it was ridiculously cheap. So people just put him in just to sit on the bench. Oh, the guy. I agree with you. He should have gone to a Champions League club. No disrespect to Palace or any Palace fans that are going to listen to this. He could have done so much better. I was generally expecting someone like PSG come in for him. Mm. It's just because he's obviously French anyway. Um, He'd have made some noise. He'd have known about him. And I just thought if they'd signed him and they could have just loaned him out for a season, maybe two, and then develop him into the team. But yeah, Palace, great business by them. They're going to make some serious money for Molise. Yeah. Good, good No, they are. And it's surprising because obviously we had Omar Richards as well. I don't want to make too much about Reading. We had Omar Richards as well and he obviously went to Bayern Munich. So there were Bayern Munich scouts looking at Reading. So I'm surprised that they didn't then go, oh, we might pick pick up Elise as well. Um, Especially because of the release clause, they, they would have known yeah. about it. They'd have contacted his agent. They would have been aware of that price. Um, I'm very shocked. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me I too. I just had, just had to mention it. Um, mention him, and I, I I do think he he could be good for Palace. He's priced at basically he's priced at five point five. Just a lot of his you know fantasy returns. I think he's a very good real life footballer, 
and a lot of his fantasy returns were because of corners. I just remember lots of assists from corners. Um, but should we get into some questions, maybe maybe from the chat, um, yeah. to, to do with the promoted teams? Yeah, go for it. So I've got a few here. Um, if Brentford struggles at the start, then is it better to go for uh, Embuemo rather than the likes of Tony um, without losing value or with while losing value? Um, so like you said, that Brentford kind of, uh, they don't get started right away. It takes a few games for them to get going. Would you look elsewhere um, in regards to that strike force that they potentially have? Or are you Tony all the way? It doesn't matter. I'd look at Embolemo. Well, is he 5.5 midfielder? Yeah, he's a, he's a million cheaper. I mean, what are you losing if you go for Embolemo? You could easily have them on your bench to see how they go on. If you know, if they do pick up a few points in the week, goods, you yeah. could easily bring Tony in. I think what the issue you've got though is this is where Gaff is different to FPL. We have player price rises, but it's based on performance, not ownership. Oh, I like that. That's the best um, one so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you sure. haven't got to worry about who people are buying. The problem is if you if, if Tony's as I owned as you say, Rich. He's going to rise quite quick, and seeing if you haven't got him, you're going to miss out on that probably 0.2 rise, I'd, I'd imagine, early on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have thought so. I, I would have thought so. Um, or it could go the other way. Yeah, it can. I mean, prices at the start are so volatile. Um, but this, and that, that's why I think it's so important talking about these promoted teams, because they're the cheapest players in the game. So it's good to yeah. be aware of ones, even if we're not going to start with them. You know, it's nice having a bit of knowledge. You know, if if someone scores, like in Bremo, for example, I mean, obviously, I didn't even know what position he was in the game. Um, <laughs> it's, it's nice to have a bit more information um, and know what to expect. No, well, that's that's good. Uh, another question from from me actually is that: Do we know a hundred percent what the goalkeepers are going to be for each team? Then, because you did mention that um, was it Foster lost his place, and Foster right now is the highest owned four point oh midfielder. Or sorry, goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> So I did a rich there. Um, so yeah. are you confident that um, he doesn't get his place back there? Yeah, um, Rai is definitely going to be number one for Brantford. Kroll will be number one for Norwich. And everything I've seen and heard indicates Batman's going to be number one. Yeah. There um, were some rumours linking, I don't know how reliable they are, um, linking Batman to Ajax. Well. Yeah, but I, again, I don't know how true it is, but I guess then in that situation, they've got Foster ready ready to come in, haven't they? And here, yeah, happily, he'll be the first choice. Yeah, I'd it's, imagine it's, Batman. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm still Foster's in there in my team just to just holding that 4.0 position just in case. You can't anyway. make every question about your team. Right? <laughs> yeah, you guys did, had no idea what you were getting into when you uh, when you hired me in for the. <laughs> surgery um shall we go into the the twitter questions and i think we've also got a patreon question as well let's do it let's do it so the, the first one we've got is from nuclear atoms on twitter um so basically this could apply to gaffer it could apply to fpl but which style is better to implement from the early game weeks aggressive or going template so we've obviously been recording a lot of eight simple rules um videos they're not all out yet and you know different managers have completely different opinions yeah. on this and i mean completely different opinions and i can't wait to release these videos um for example someone like abdul spoiler by the way someone like abdul fpl salah plays the complete opposite to late riser 
but that's not that's not really a shock. Yeah. Um, I mean, J- Jamie, do you, do you play quite aggressive, or are you quite template when it comes to gaffer and and to FPL? I'm um, my biggest downfall is I play quite aggressive, and I think I know more than everybody else. Um, yeah. That's my biggest downfall. Um, but this year, especially gaffer, um, I'm giving it quite template because um, Angus and Dan, my co-hosts, they've just recorded a podcast, a podcast last night with last year's winner of the game, Rune, and he didn't use an overall. So an overall is basically our wild card. Oh, wow. So I'd go in aggressive and then add overall. And the same in FPL, I'd wild card on week four all the time. I'd try and take a gamble if it pays off. If not, then I wild card into something what's more suited um but he didn't use an overall at all um he kept it quite a template so i don't want to reveal too much because that's going to get released on thursday um but yeah i'm going to go quite safe for the first few weeks and just make sure i get players who are actually playing so so he completely so is is overhaul or, or wildcard he just completely just i'm not going to use it yeah and oh. angus as well finished 15th overall in the game he didn't use one either. That's mad. Yeah, and compared to my style, where I'm just like, F- it's yeah. a wild card if it goes to shit. That's my philosophy normally. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to change that. Yeah, yeah. nice, Fair nice. Well, I mean, we know we know about your style, Dave. Um, well, I I'm, I don't know because these eight simple rules have absolutely like scarred me, as you this said. This is what I mean with you can be quite uh, impressionable. Like, <laughs> well, I, I'm just up for anything to be honest, but I'm also. I, these managers that we're talking Sounds about like are so player. they're so <laughs> up for a laugh um the the problem is that these these guys are so good at this game and consistent you mentioned Salah there and he he always always stays with the pack and picks mm. the the people who are easiest um who else was it uh, let's talk fpl Andy does the exact same thing um we know we were talking to Pernille late riser and he was he mentioned the fact that he would he would probably if he had his way go aggressive but at the same time he's trying to curb that a little bit for this season based on how badly he started last season and the whole point that we did the eight simple rules was because of how like when I started them it was after a bad season and it was after me starting really poorly and trying to get back and it seems like the obvious answer that everyone had um, was was to be safe and the only managers that didn't say that were, were people who are exceptional at picking the right players at the right time. So if you're, if you're someone who doesn't have that gut instinct or isn't too sure or doesn't watch enough of the football, then it doesn't make sense for you to go all guns blazing at the start. However, I do have Bowen, Buendia, Saar, <laughs> Joe Pedro um, and Aaron's in my team at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Oh, good. You know what I find I do as well, Rich, quite a lot is when I've missed a player, like you mentioned Doherty earlier on, um, when I've got in my head they're not going to do very good, it won't last for long, I'll be overly stubborn with it mm-hmm. and then refuse to bring them in. So I'm kind of like going against everybody. And I think this year in FPL I'll do better because I'm not in the FPL community. So I haven't got that to look at to go against people. That's my biggest downfall as well. It's I, I can relate with that, but I sometimes do it with players like not just budget players. Like I've done it with like Bruno Fernandez before. Just like oh, it, it, you know, it, it won't continue. I can I can be quite stubborn. So 
personally, I'm going to try and be a bit more, like you were saying, be a bit more template this year. Um, was, uh, but, yeah, sorry, we'll I'm, I'm just going to jump in and move on um, real quick. But did we talk about this before we started the pod or just after? Someone, uh, Kenneth asked in the chat, who is still in the championship who might end up in the Premier League before the deadline and can be a hit in FPL? I know we talked about Armstrong but was that during the pod? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie mentioned Armstrong. Okay, obviously, that, that was where that was that knock-on effect. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's it just for the, the viewers. Well, it wasn't <laughs> after the pod, though, because that would be in the future. No, um, I mean, so. after we started. But no, is there anyone else, though? That's a good question. Is there anyone else you can think of, Jamie, that might actually jump up um, that, you're, that you're expecting a transfer that might be doing well? Uh, not that I'm expecting anybody, but obviously you've got, the teams from the relegated teams, so like Pereira's definitely leaving West Brom. And you all saw him last year. So I won't talk about the relegated clubs that much, but Kiefer Moore at Cardiff, I think he would do an absolute job for someone in the Premier League, especially someone who's struggling if he joined in January because he's an animal in the air. Um, I've backed him to be top goal scorer this season in the Championship mm. just because of Cardiff's style of football. I really wish they went up because they would have... Um, Course to steer in the Premier League, I think it'd have been Stoke 2008 again. Yeah. Um, so I was backing them. Um, Kiefer Moore, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head um, of the teams. Elise's obviously left. Um, Seems like they've been gutted already. <laughs> Where did he I used think, to play? <laughs> no bias because um, it's Stoke, but Nick Powell is an exceptional player for Championship level. If he stays fit again this year, I have no doubts. He'll play in the Premier League, no doubt about that. It's there funny with Nick Powell. Uh, it feels like he's been around for, for ages. For Abby, like, yeah. Absolutely ages. All right, Pretty we've easy. got a, a question from Mad Hatter in the Patreon. Thank you very much. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Um, this is a very silly question, and I can't answer it because I don't drive. But what when oh, you're driving <laughs> and looking for an address, do you turn the radio volume down? There you go. Do you do that, Jamie? Because I know I do. I do it as well. And I feel like it's just safety. I don't know why. Just, <laughs> you need to concentrate. I can't. My, actually, yesterday, I wasn't listening to the radio, but my partner was on the phone. And um, I was taking to Whitland to the cricket club. Um, and this cricket club was an away game. And it's on the back of somewhere. So it's like, if you miss a turn and you've missed it. And she, I, was like, I put the phone down on it because I couldn't concentrate. And she, like, I've got to go. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's one of these weird things. I, I wish I might Google it after the show to find out why. Because even when I was parking when I got back from work earlier, I'm like radio completely down, fully concentrating. You panic, the, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But I live in you like a, it's panic. a really quiet road, so no one's around. I'm not going to hit someone. Like, but yeah, you just have to do it. And it was quite a straightforward. I was just parking for. Like, I even do it if I bay park, like in an empty supermarket. Yeah, no wonder you picked this question. <laughs> you got question. a lot of strong feelings about it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm just, assuming it, it's it just because it's just because yeah, you've got you've got other things to be concentrating on, and that radio is not going to turn itself off. But I I think that um, I'll do that as well. Some do you guys just move it back to football a little bit? Do you guys watch with the, the sound off ever? Watch no. what, watch, watch football. football. Yeah, with the sound no. off. Weird. Right, okay, just me. Because <laughs> I feel because really well, it's just so annoying. See, when um, I think it was when Amazon started doing some of them, you could turn the commentators off, and that was the best thing that had ever happened. Yeah, but that's different. And I, mean, I still I, find it weird. 
I don't mind like the my, kicking and stuff. Sorry, go for it. Like my dad used to, he'd mute the telly and like put Radio 5 on. He'd do it with cricket as well. But even that's strange because it would be out of sync. So you'd have this commentary that's like 10 seconds delayed. Yeah, no, I, I just, oh, I just no. absolutely hate listening to the commentators. And, and, and not only that, but like it's distracting. Like eventually you'll, you'll, you start doing something else and you'll only look up when, when they start talking about something or whatever. Sometimes uh, when I mute them, mute the actual TV, it makes me focus way more, I've found, and I start taking notes and my notes are much more clear and stuff and instead of me, you know, I, it might just be me. It sounds like it's just me, but it, but try it if you, ha if you struggle with, like, I don't know, paying attention to boring games or whatever. You just mute it. It's just, it makes it Celtic more games. interesting. It's not just Celtic games, but it, yes, it does work on <laughs> Celtic games. <laughs> I like arguing with the commentators, that's why I always listen to them. You like arguing so when they with say them. something that I don't agree with, yeah. especially if I'm front of a party, it's like a show-off kind of a thing. And there's nothing better <laughs> than when you've just said something and they say it straight yeah. after. Like, do they ever argue no back? There's no better feeling that you feel like the king when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like you start racing them to the point. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so let's um, we'll get quickly into the feedback. We've just got a couple more things to mention, and then we're going to plug your pod, Jamie, because it's good. And you've got some pretty big news as well um, happening. Um, so we got we had some feedback from FPL Chance Dan watched it live and thoroughly enjoyed almost tempted to change my team name to say it irons after Dave last minute deaths there <laughs> um, so be prepared for that in a minute Jamie um, <laughs> um, I don't even think of course, I did as that. we mentioned you know with the predict prediction tool that we put on the screen that was from Fantasy Football Hub you can sign up there for 25% off we put the link in the description on YouTube and in the actual podcast you know the the notes underneath yeah um and the, the things can start from one pound fifty a month build annually so just go there if you want to get your 25 percent discount that's scary i just saw dave's death stare um, <laughs> on the youtube screen i've got open um, that was very off-putting um you can support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery dave we've got a league people can join as well is that right Yes. Um, I know it's is, right. I don't know why I said it like that. But yeah, yeah 100%. Tell us the code for you 2742. I've not got the, the thingy up ready to go. But yeah, no, um, we've got so many people in there. We'd love to get loads more. If you haven't already joined, um, yeah, for you 2742. Pretty easy. Yeah. And Jamie, thanks for coming on. I mean, you've got some news, obviously, with, with YouTube yourself and you've got the podcast. So, you know, plug away, please. We do appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. No, appreciate that. Thanks, Rich. So, yeah, if you are interested in playing Gaffer, um, just go over there, www.gaffer.io. Um, that's all I want you to do, really, more than even listening to our podcast. Just go play the game, and you can play alongside FPL. If you're not too familiar with Gaffer, you can play casually, if I'm honest with you, and do well. Um, if you want to play competitive, do a bit better. We do a two weekly podcasts uh, we're going to start on Sunday with our main podcast where we review all the games all the main talking points I'm then going to have a guest on every Thursday night just a little extra time pod 30 minutes maximum just talking about things we didn't get a chance to talk about um, we've got three preview pods out two of them are out now the third one will be out probably by Wednesday night um, that's just previewing each team and we, we kind of like the knockoff point at FPL, if you want. <laughs> um, we've got correspondents from each team in there who've gave us all the information to use. So Because obviously they know more about their clubs than I do. So that should help you just set a team up for game week one. 
Um, yeah, and hopefully, fingers crossed, all goes well. Um, we should be on YouTube on Sunday for our first part of the season. Um, that's not a guarantee because I'm useless with technology. Um, great people from the community are helping us out with that. So hopefully that will be up and live for Sunday. Amazing. We're not live streaming though, um, just in case something goes wrong. Um, we're just <laughs> going to be recording and putting it onto YouTube and then onto Spotify and all other major audio platforms. That's there good. No, go. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I guess the good thing with not live streaming and just recording ahead of time is if you mention um, someone's player position incorrectly, you can just delete it and, and no, yeah, one, and no one ever knows. Yeah, no mistakes like that on our webpod, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, thank you, Jamie, uh, for coming on. And I wish I could give, wish you good luck for Stoke on Saturday, but I, I can't do that. Um, but good luck <laughs> after after the Reading game. No, my first home game in 18 months and we are going to deck you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm, not, I'm not going, I'm, watch, I'm watching it on telly, but yeah. Amazing. I'll Amazing. remember this, I will remember this. <laughs> All right, thank you everyone. For for, thank you, Jamie, for coming on. You have absolutely ruined my team, but in, a, in an absolute great <laughs> way. Um, thank you everyone for watching on YouTube, listening on the pod. We will be back next Monday with another very special guest for our last pre-season pod. Like I said at the start of the podcast, we have loads of awesome YouTube content, so check that out. And of course, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Thank you very much again, Rich. Yeah, and we'll be back. We should mention we're on Tuesday today. We will be back next Monday, and we aim to do Mondays in future. We probably should have communicated that clear, clearer. Uh, and that um, obviously, thank you to everyone for joining us in the chat. <laughs> Um, also, I don't know why I'm still on tiptoes to see the chat better. That's that's a bit weird. It looks um, great. So it looks good. I'll, <laughs> I'll just leave it with up the pod. <laughs> up the pod, guys. Jamie. Jamie. Is that done? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. He's trying to make you say up the pod. Amazing. Bye, guys. Cheers.